Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky for the first time in a long time. The Lakers are in the top 10. They beat Memphis on, on Tuesday and Anthony Davis looks awesome. That's next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked on Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcast, it's always free. It's never behind a paywall. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to join a community of over 13,000 screaming happy Lakers fans on Wednesday who are excited that the Lakers are back in the play-in. They have vaulted themselves up to number nine, number nine with a bullet after uh Tuesday night's win over the Memphis Grizzlies, 112 to 103. It was a great night all around. Anthony Davis was awesome. Pau Gasol had his jersey retired. And to talk about it and join us and, and celebrate this uh, great win, one of the better nights of the season, is our friend. He is your friend. Uh, he is the overlord of SB Nation. At least their basketball stuff, as far as I know. And he is uh, so uh, honored to be with us that he has lost all of his hair, just like us. He is Harrison Fagan. Harrison, well, how I, are you? I'm I'm doing well. I was gonna say, you know, Andy and I were talking before you jumped in, uh, jumped into the stream here. Like, I, I'm basically an honorary Kamenetsky brother at this point. You know, no, like I could. We were originally, if you didn't show up, I was just gonna be in the Brian box. Like now <laughs> that I am, like now that I've shaved my head, and we just were gonna, you know, play it off like nothing happened. I'm not sure, Andy. Is there anything really honorary about that? Okay, true that story. Um, a few years ago, I was doing um, a show, a radio show for ESPN LA 710 with Rick Fox. He and I were filling in for the two regular hosts. And I don't remember how this came up, but, you know, Rick, who Brian and I both know a little bit, um, said that he would be an honorary Kamenetsky brother. And I was just like, man, Rick. You can do so much better than that. <laughs> you're you're like this three-peat champion. You know, you're this really good-looking guy. No, he's six seven. Looks yeah. like a model. I mean, I'm not yeah. sure you're like a, buy you're, that. you're a video game overlord mogul. Like, really, it, that's really kind of you to say. But come on, man. Yeah. We'll get to Powell later in the show. About all three of us, massive fans of Powell. It was a really great evening. Lakers do this sort of thing really well. And Powell, of course. Uh, spoke quite poignantly about his time with the Lakers and his relationship with Kobe and and the Bryant family. Um, but we got to start with this game. The Lakers have moved into the top ten. Like we've been waiting for this. They've gotten close, um, but every time it's Lucy. The the Lakers run up. They're going to kick the football, and Lucy pulls it away. Um, but nope, we're going to wake up on Wednesday morning, and the Lakers are the ninth seed in the West. All is well in the world, guys. They have been legitimately moving in the right direction ever since they had this new look roster. Even without all of the guys present and accounted for another game without LeBron, without D'Angelo Russell, they are seven and three since everybody was available, at least potentially available to play with this new look roster. Like Harrison, they they have been legitimately good moving forward. Like every single win has not been pretty and you know I'm not I'm not ready to say that once they're in the playoffs they're going to knock off everyone but like this is a legitimate roster we we can all agree on this at, at this point 
they the way that they have played since acquiring, you know, now all of a sudden they have multiple players on their team that are both good at basketball and making more than the minimum. And, you know, the team looks incredible. And and that's like with our not incredible all the time, but that's without LeBron, you know, that's without D'Angelo Russell. It's kind of wild how big of a hole they dug themselves and it's crazy to think about and how mediocre the west has been and with the grizzlies in a free fall and all this like where this team could have been if this was the roster all year yeah i mean ultimate go ahead i was just saying like you could you know you can forgive i think lakers fans you can certainly forgive people who talk about the team you know harrison kind of caught himself it's like it's not that they're incredible you mentioned it like you can't just say they're going to go out and beat everyone you know, I thought even on Tuesday, like it was it was an inelegant offensive yes. effort for most of the game, which is what you would expect. No LeBron, no D'Angelo Russell. But what I think is really at this point genuinely changed and you can look at the sample size and it's big enough is that they are light years better defensively. Like they can play defense in a lot of ways against a lot of teams, even on a night like tonight or, you know, where Jared Vanderbilt, who had kind of been the catalyst I think for a lot of this defensive shift actually wasn't terribly impactful and didn't play a lot of the big minutes. I think he was a minus 14 uh, for the evening. So that to me, Andy was significant that, you know, you know, we talk about a team being legitimate, like they can play real defense now. Yeah, they can. And in the meantime, Anthony Davis, like it's apropos that he would on a night where, you know, he, he would, he is the, the, most recent championship Laker center, like a, of real note on this team that he would show out on a night where I think the, the, the previous Lakers championship center, no disrespect to Andrew Bynum, but Powell is really remembered as that guy. AD is just in a zone right now. 30 points, 22 rebounds, two blocks. You know, he had seven turnovers, but Darvin talked about after the game how some of that was AD just being too unselfish. And he said he actually told him at one point in the game, probably we'll, we'll talk about this, maybe maybe when AD was in back getting what looked like a broken nose fixed. Like he got whacked in the face and had to go in back because it was bleeding uncontrollably. There was, there was still redness and it looked like you know uh, blood scabs around while he was playing and it, it looked uh, unshapely. Like Darwin, Darwin told him, it's my word. Darwin told him like, look, man, if you are around the rim, I don't want you looking to pass out. I don't want you looking to make the right play. If everyone else is in offensive rebounding position, they can grab the rebound. If you miss and turn it into a, into an assist, put up the ball. And he, he was just, it's another night where he was just dominant. Jaron Jackson Jr. Had five fouls in this game, spent a lot of time in foul trouble. AD drew at least three of his five fouls. I mean, he, he was just Harrison. He's in this place right now where he's just destroying worlds. And he, he is the guy that is ultimately going to turn the Lakers fortunes more than anybody, including LeBron. If, and when he comes back. No, I mean, he, he's been incredible. You know, I think it's like 38 points, 36 points, 30 points, you know, whatever it's been over the last four games, this incredible scoring run he's been on. The 20 rebounds tonight, you know, Darvin was calling him wilt after the game. He was just on it. And even some of the turnovers, you know, some of that is creativity tax. You know, the, your usage goes way up. You're going to have more turnovers. Some of that stuff happens. And, and also, he was like, kind of feeling saucy, throwing the ball around, trying to make yeah. Jokic-like plays and stuff. So, yeah, I, it's a great point. 
he's trying to make a late MVP push. He, he's realized what the voters like, you know, it's like the flashy passing and like Troy, Troy Brown Jr. Tried to bust out his inner Jokic uh, down the stretch of this game too. A couple times, the dude, that one throwing. over the shoulder bounce pass to Austin Reeves. That was legitimately Jokic ish. Like that no, was, I, if you, pass. if you was <laughs> convinced that if you had Troy Brown, try to make that exact same play like 20 more times, it would not have been successful. I'm not saying any, he should <laughs> yeah. do it again. I'm saying, yeah, Similar to how I'm a terrible golfer, but occasionally I will hit a shot that a pro could not have hit any better, more out of just luck than anything else. For that one play, Troy no. Brown was. No, Jokic. see, I, I, I we'll have to table Harrison's point here until after the break because that was not the reason that play worked. And people can go find this play on YouTube. Uh, Troy Brown running the baseline, gets a pass, throws it straight over his head like a bounce pass, like aiming for Austin Reeves. Backwards in the throw in. Essentially throws it straight into the ground behind him. And the only reason it worked is because everybody was sort of so shocked with what was going on. <laughs> they kind of stood there and watched it bounce no. up into the air and Austin moved to go get it and ended up finishing. That's because he had symmetry with his <laughs> Jokic-ish center, <laughs> Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> but like, I, 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 there, there is something about that play that I actually do think is significant. And then we will also let Harrison finish his thought. Uh, and I already forgot what he was talking about, but hopefully he remembers. We'll do that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Ultimate Pro Basketball GM, and we are really excited about our new partner and sponsor of today's episode, the mobile game Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Have you ever dreamed of becoming an NBA GM and managing a basketball franchise? Well, you can make that happen with Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. Manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, navigating your franchise through free agency and the drafts, all the ups and downs of a season, Ultimate Pro Basketball GM is completely free, playable offline, play on the go, whenever you want, as you want to go. I created a GM for my new team, the Los Angeles Knights. His name is Chaz Bartender. Longtime <laughs> Laker fans, or at least ones who remember the Jim Bus era, they will understand this reference. And I am determined to take this league by storm. And Locked On Lakers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. So again, locked on is the promo code. Check it out. Download the game. Just visit probasketballgm.com. Scan the code or look it up on the app stores. Again, that is probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. Okay, so I think we would all agree that it is probably not in the long-term interests of the Lakers for Troy Brown to be throwing blind passes over his head backwards <laughs> to anyone. Um, but Less is probably, more. yeah, I think we could probably all come to consensus. It's like the rust trade. We've all sort of come to consensus on this. Right. Even in these fractured times, there's still some things that we can agree on. But you know, whether it's that, you know, AD trying a couple of these little touch passes, you know, in close quarters in the post or whatever. What I like about these plays is they reflect a team that genuinely thinks it, that they're good and they're playing with confidence. And sometimes there's a little too much belief going on there. Uh, and sometimes the, the on-court product doesn't look that good. But they, they are still shorthanded. Even when Russell comes back you know, with no LeBron, they are shorthanded. 
Part Darvin, of by the way, said that they're targeting Friday uh, versus the Raptors as the day for D'Lo's return. So am I. Really glad that happens, man. I am. Um, but it's like, yeah, they currently have, I think, about two guys who can dribble the ball while looking up uh, on the team. Uh, <laughs> yes. Know. So please stop with your why does Darvin le- why is Darvin playing Dennis Schroeder commentary now? Because he can <laughs> dribble, like you say, while looking up. <laughs> yes you know so can i mean i guess we can add lonnie walker to that list but only while looking up at the rim right. so that's that if, that's the only area he's looking up at is generally firing speaking up an 18 footer if i was going to say if lonnie's looking up at the rim it's because he's about to put up a shot <laughs> yeah no <laughs> like yeah the lob era for lonnie walker officially died today with that with that attempt he had to Rui um at one point that just oh basically went straight off the backboard not a point guard not a point nope. guard um, no, yeah, and that—that's—that's that's who your third string option is right now. Yes. If Dennis is not playing, <laughs> is uh, like Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves starting point guard. Yay, everybody gets their wish. Uh, Lonnie Walker backup point guard. Oh no! But like the Lakers, you know, even when Russell comes back, you know, to, to if, if they're going to move their way up, if they're going to make sure they, you know, sort of stay firmly in that uh, top ten, and you know. Yes, they are in there now, but they are a half game or, or I guess one game out of 13th again. So it's not like it's like, you know, they're just like cozy now. They um, did it. Stop the season. <laughs> I'd be willing to, you know, like what's the like, Adam Silver's luck? trying right now. He's he's trying to figure out how to suspend Jaw for as few games as possible. And then yeah. after that, it's stopping the season. So the Lakers are in. I they're going to have to believe in what they can do and be a little bit. I don't want to say delusional. That's the wrong word. It's too strong. But they're going to have to have a, a level of self-confidence, Andy. I think that slightly exceeds what they probably have on paper. Um, and at the very least, I think the results are are allowing them to have that. Well, I, I think the confidence is, you know, Jokic-esque moments from Troy Brown Jr. notwithstanding. I think it's mostly just going to be you play in your lane in the best possible version of yourself. It's like it's like we talked about um, a couple shows ago. Until at least D'Lo is back, but without D'Lo and LeBron, a lot of their success is going to come down to just don't F it up while you're out there. Like, you know, there, there's only so much adjustment Darvin Ham can do right now. Like, I, I'm not trying to, you know carry water for him but when you don't have your two best playmakers and ball handlers available there's only so much you know at yeah. least offensively you can do to adjust out there that, that your team is going to be capable of doing so a lot of it is just when you are out there stick to your strengths like the best possible version of it and then just don't make mistakes and- like you know the, the lakers in this game they started out with way too many turnovers but then they eventually cut that down like once they started cutting that down that that became a big factor in ultimately winning and and harrison how much of the the swagger that we're that i'm sort of talking about here and i think that they need and that they're displaying is really a function and fueled by ad being that guy because any team where you have that guy everybody kind of walks around with a little bit more and like the way he's playing right now it, it's it doesn't matter if he's put it puts up 30 tonight or 38 or whatever like his impact on these games and his energy and his you know just the force that he's playing with is so big 
that I, I it, it is to me at least it's elevating everybody. No, I, I think that's exactly right. And that's, you know, we've seen this in the NBA that guys will, when they don't feel like they have a chance, you know, we saw this a lot down the stretch of last season where, you know, when you feel like you're out of it or you feel like, okay, like, even if I make my defensive rotation, someone's going to blow something over there and I'm just going to kind of, you know, half do my job and not really because it's like this is just a paycheck at this point. I'm playing out the string. The Lakers are the exact opposite of that right now where they, you know, when you have AD playing like this and looking like this much of a threat, not just defensively, because I think even when he was coming back from injury and looked a little limited, he was still a monster around the rim defensively and to sort of making an impact. That's gotten even better as he's sort of gotten his legs more under him coming back. And then the offensive part has really sort of activated over these last, you know, several weeks, obviously. And I I think, you know, when you have a guy that can get to the rim like that, get Jaron Jackson Jr. in foul trouble, that you can throw lobs to, that you can play two-man game with, that, you know, is creating open threes for you just by kind of the force of the gravity of his roles. Like, I think everybody feels better, you know, when you're sort of going to war with a guy like that than you're just trying to, you know, the same kind of stuff that you're saying where it's like, okay, just don't F it up. But it's also like, if we literally F up one thing, then, you know, we're kind of done tonight because we just don't have sort of the variance there. We don't have this kind of central star power here to power us through in the moments where we need to just kind of go get a garbage bucket out of a possession late. And AD has sort of, you know, shown cap- shown that he's capable of doing that. I think Austin has been great in like, you know, two-man game sequences with him, getting out in transition, pushing the pace. And, you know, Dennis just doing just enough to, uh, you know, kind of make sure that this team is running on all cylinders. And, you know, again, I have my complaints and quibbles with Dennis as a player, but as a third option playmaker, you know, he's a lot better than the third guy on most teams depth charts at point guard, you know, uh, or sort of lead playmaker type guy. I mean, look, in a perfect world, Dennis Schroeder is your point guard coming off the bench. I think he is you know, he can do as a starter if you have to use him that way, but he's really best served as a high-end reserve. And that's no shade on Dennis. Like, high-end yeah. reserves are important for teams that want to do something. But right now, like, the Lakers have, as you talked about before, Harrison, two guys who are really capable of running an offense with any type of, you know, security, any time, any type of cohesion but I thought it was really one of the things we see about Schroeder is he's a really competitive guy and like he is somebody that is really willing to fight through just a lot of stuff you know he's fought through that recent ankle injury if he has played on like one leg right now like and if he has bad games he keeps fighting through and this was this was like tonight I think it's happened last couple games he started out struggling, but he keeps going. And I and I think ultimately, when people ask a lot about why does Darwin keep sticking with him, beyond the fact that right now he doesn't really have any other options, and beyond the fact that you know they have a relationship going back, I think it's also just he recognizes Schroeder will fight through it. So as long yeah. as what he's doing out there isn't really putting the team in a hole, Brian, I think he recognizes in the end it, it can work out. Beyond again being handcuffed, right? And and every every there there isn't a coach in the league who doesn't have players that he likes, players that he lean into, players that they trust. Uh, th- uh, this year's version of that is certainly more satisfying 
than last year with <laughs> Avery Bradley and Frank Vogel. But even that contextually sometimes made sense because just of what the Lakers were. Before we break and we get to uh, to some of the POW stuff, um, I want to ask you both because you know the Lakers, as we've mentioned, stop the count are number nine in the Western Conference. Um, it's over. <laughs> that's it. Call it. Um, yeah. You know they're a game and a half now behind the Clippers with a game in hand. They're a game and a half behind the Timberwolves with a game in hand. Again, I'd love to go back to last week and get that game back against Minnesota. Not allowed to do that. Um, they're only two back of Golden State for the six. If you look at what they've got coming up. It's Toronto on Friday. The uh, you know that's a 500 team anyway that isn't very good away from Canada. They're 12 and 21 on the road, um, and then you have New York. You know, coast so of the Knicks are legit. But how long is Brunson out? Because um, we've seen. I, all... I've only seen him listed as day to day. I don't know. So maybe and it maybe... doesn't matter if quickly is playing like he's been playing. Well, it matters. It mattered enough. They lost to Charlotte on Tuesday. So. Yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, that's true. They they, they snapped the streak tonight. Uh, right. Yeah. So I mean, I saw Dua Lipa and Hornets trending, which was uh, like it's trending <laughs> with Hornets. Uh, and I was like, what happened here? And I went, and it's like, oh, she was at the Knicks' loss to the Hornets. Um, <laughs> Thank God, because if you know if she doesn't have an EpiPen, <laughs> that could have been a disaster. Yeah, I was like, this this could be really bad news. Um, right. But you know, then, it, then it, it you was have... Charlotte Hornets, thankfully. Right. <laughs> uh, then you have a uh, uh, you know you're on the road, but it's against New Orleans, um, slumping, not very good. Won't have Zion and um, Houston. Then you come back home, and it's a Dallas team that's bad on the road, and Orlando. It's like it, it, they they have a chance to win another four of their next six. So, so like yeah, what is what Harrison? When you look at it, like where do you see like a like a not a Pollyanna, but like a legitimate, like, hey, they've got a chance to rise up to blank. I, I mean, with Memphis falling, you got to say the three seed. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that is that is the confidence of Troy Brown throwing the ball backwards yeah, over no, his head. Uh, look, the, the, you know what's funny is they're actually like not that crazy far off. Like they're not going to get there, but they're not that far off. That's how kind of mediocre the West has been this year. And so I, I think honestly, probably best case scenario is you know that seven eight play in range. Uh, you know, sort of given given health, given that we don't know when LeBron's going to be back even with the schedule you know you're going to take some weird losses here sort of as teams get more uh, like tape on this uh kind of current version of the group and you know figure out that like hey we should guard ad in these pick and rolls instead of austin reeves you know uh like i feel like that's an adjustment that teams will slowly start to make uh and so i, I think probably seven eight is about as optimistic as i'm comfortable being obviously everyone would hope that they'd get up to six and avoid the playing game entirely but um yeah i I, I don't know where you guys are at, but that's sort of, I think, best case scenario well, to me. Harrison, the counterpoint uh, to the one you were making, these other teams can't get tape on the Lakers if they never have the same lineups out there. <laughs> when they keep having different players available, the upside is they're impossible to scout. Um, I mean, I, the I, other thing is, too, they're one more injury away from all of a sudden this looking real rough again. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, if, absolutely. If, like Dennis's ankle gets worse or D'Lo it struggles Mo or whatever. Obama yeah. did not play tonight and they still won. That was their one injury. The answer to the question, <laughs> I, I think seven or eight, which would be a big deal. You get two cracks at getting 
two cracks potentially getting into the playoffs. Also, real quick before we go to Powell, just because he had a really good game on both ends, I think it's worth mentioning. Rui Hachimura, this was his best game probably a week, week and a half, maybe longer. Well, he, more than that, he, probably. He played really, really well tonight. And kudos to Darwin for riding him and actually like, you know, leaving him in and 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 letting that go in ways again that had gone a little bit against how they had been playing. Uh Pau Gasol, 16 goes into the rafters. It was a great moment for uh, a guy who is just one of the 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 most genuinely excellent humans um walking this or any other planet. So we'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by FanDuel. We are in the home stretch of the NBA season and it is the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book. And new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a grand in bonus bets back, even if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, really easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes drained, or get a little saucy with some exclusive bets like the two by three. Two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss out on your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to, again, $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And we've all had the opportunity to to work in our professional lives sort of in the orbit now of Pau Gasol. But like, we, you know, this was a night that I think people who are fans of the team were around that era, followed it or whatever in it and, and, and had a chance to, to know the guy. Even as much as fans have been looking forward to this moment and believing it, I, I think like people who do what we do get even a little bit more satisfaction having just had a chance to understand who the guy was around these teams. It is so, it really is impossible to overstate how good, genuinely good a human being was rewarded at Staples Center on Tuesday. Um, and it was just, it was, it was really cool to see. No, and like, you know, he called it the honor of his life. I, I think that is probably, you know, that's probably true to some degree, but also, you know, for someone sort of like Powell's a little, a little like Kareem to me in that, you know, his greatness almost transcends the basketball court just as a human being. And in terms of, you know, obviously does not have the like writing resume or outside interests, you know, that Kareem seems to have, but just as a charitable person, as like a humanitarian, as someone who just seems to make an impact on like every single person that he meets. Like Jimmy Butler was there for his Jersey retirement tonight. They were teammates for two seasons and Jimmy Butler took uh, flew out here, you know, in between heat games to come and watch Powell get his jersey retired i just saw a tweet scroll by of like danny green uh, uh, uh saying it was an honor to have called him a teammate just the way people talk about pow i'm not sure there's a teammate that's ever just like not not just not liked him but not genuinely like appreciated him as a person uh certainly not since the lakers era i don't know as much about like those early grizzlies teams i would assume it's a similar thing but like you know as far as from that laker era on it really does not seem like there's a person that didn't like pow which is sort of the greatest compliment compliment you can give especially any star who towards the end you know can sometimes rub guy rub guys the wrong way you know as they start to decline like you know um 
they don't necessarily always realize it. They don't always age gracefully. Sometimes there's kind of bitter ends at the end there. And even like that stage of his career, Pow just, you know, it was that was his game. He was smooth. He just sort of, you know, sailed along and he was steady in the way that he went about his business and just as a person. And, you know, just one of also just the most fun players to watch to ever oh. kind of, especially for, you know, we talked about Troy Brown Jr.'s passing, you know, he had nothing on <laughs> Prime, nothing on Prime Pau Gasol, you know, um, that uh, my favorite clip is that one that was going around a lot today of him on the break, just channeling his inner magic. You could see, it, you know, Pau in the modern game would have gotten to do that a lot more. And, you know, just a guy that was truly ahead of his time in just so many ways on and off the court. And so, yeah, awesome human, really happy for him. Only player that I own two jerseys of, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, rooting for those Laker teams. Um, someone I tried to model my pickup game after relatively unsuccessfully. How'd that go? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, the, I was more, I would compare my pickup game more to like Luke Walton, but like worse on defense and like a worse <laughs> shooter. Wow. And less athletic and shorter. So basically you could put on shoes like that. That's yeah, I could the... put on shoes and I could pass sometimes, you know, okay. I was like a good change of pace, like screen setter passer. That was, that was kind of where I was at. We talk all the time about like how, you know, how great a player he was, but in particular too his, the way he meshed with Kobe, like yeah. their their skill sets were just so perfectly aligned, and both of them understood the game so well. And because of that, like you know, there's this one famous clip of Kobe and Pow, where Pow is facing Kobe, and Kobe's at the top of the circle, dribbling, like surveying the floor. Pow's got somebody on his back, and you see Pow's like eyes get really big, and he starts just like like signaling to to Kobe, like, you know, go this way, go this way. And they just had this incredible synergy together where they could, you know, sometimes they would have it spoken and they would speak in Spanish to each other. So opponents, you know, I guess unless they were, you know, there were only a couple players around the league that could maybe Mark Gasol, I guess they could understand what they were. <laughs> Didn't work. He, Mark, Mark was the pal stopper. <laughs> they were both just so smart on top of being so skilled Everybody says, you know, when they, they, they make the trade, it's like, well, you know, Pau's a really smart player, but, you know, it's the triangle. It takes guys a little while to, to and four hours later, it's like, wow, he, he seems to understand the triangle Took really, really well. all of one quarter, if that. He's like, yes. yeah, I, you know, this is not that complicated. <laughs> and just, to just this generosity that Pau had, like, on the court, off the court. Like, people gravitate towards that. Like, there there is a reason that he is so genuinely beloved and you know it's not surprising still incredibly touching but it's not surprising that he would go so far out of his way to look out for Kobe's family you know after this tragedy you know and again at this point he's done everything that I think anybody would ever expect and then some like I think if if you know he now has two children of his own if he started having less time to do this I think Vanessa and the girls would understand and you know like they, they wouldn't think anything of it but I he vowed to be you know doing this forever and I, I, he will like this is and and it will never I think feel like a burden to him that to me because, is a big thing just because like and we, we we talked a little bit about this for for Tuesday's show is just that I'm not saying other people would fight back against it would have an attitude about it or whatever but like 
Pau Gasol is going to go to the Hall of Fame. When he goes to the Hall of Fame, it is going to be the, the context of the conversation around Pau Gasol is going to be deeply about Kobe Bryant. He gets his jersey retired um, by the Lakers. And, you know, Pau talked about himself. I'm not saying like it's just other people, other, but like the context of this is deeply wound and tied to Kobe Bryant. When he played and won championships, there was a lot of, well, you know, you're playing with Kobe Bryant. Like, so much of, of his brilliance as a player is paired in a way that, at least maybe to, in the eyes of some, detracts from his own individual talent. And, you know, I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame, but there's still people who are like, mm, you know, is he really like, you still get to see some people that you're know, questioning a little bit. You know, he's wrong, own, by the way. Like, of course they're wrong. Yes. But like that, that individual. Other people, a smaller person, would bristle and be like, I, I, can I at least have one moment where it's just about me and we all acknowledge my work and my skill and ability and all these other things? And there was none of that. And there's there's not going to be any of that. And I don't think he wants any of that. And it is because he is not a smaller person. Uh, but it takes it does t- it takes a special kind of person to, um, because these are enormously competitive human beings. Like the, you know, to get to to become a Hall of Fame NBA, but I don't care how nice Pow is, he's also incredibly competitive. Um, and these guys are prideful and they have egos and all of that. A- anybody who watched Game Seven in 2010 knows how competitive Pow is. Yes, but ultimately, this is something that. I think he accepts and embraces about his ties to the game, his ties certainly to the Lakers, uh, and then his ties to the family. And he carries that with a grace that I think, I think people underrate what that is and and what he is doing and how he is doing it. And I, I don't think they should. I, I think I think it sort of goes back to that self-assuredness that, you know, I was talking about that we were talking about earlier of just like he knows who he is, like he knows, you know, what made his career and that his career, like he was the perfect complimentary guy, not just a good one, not whatever, like a guy who instantly fit with Kobe, like get, who's two games meshed as well as we've ever seen any two players mesh immediately and continued on for that entire era. And so I, I think he knows it's sort of like I know Draymond Green was talking about this the other day in terms of how he fits into the warrior system and sort of, you know, Dylan Brooks clapping at him or whatever. But um, like Pow is aware that like, yes, you know, like I am great, but also, you know, my greatness was augmented by these guys, by Kobe and allowed to shine more. And I was able to reach higher heights because of how perfectly we fit alongside each other. I think it also helps too that and I, I imagine Pow has recognized this over time. You know, when, when he was with the Lakers, Fans could be very difficult on him. Kobe could be very difficult on him. Phil Jackson could be difficult on him. And, you know, being being the the number two to the guy seen as the you know unquestioned number one can sometimes feel like a thankless job. And, you know, Kobe went through that when he was seen as the number two to Shaq. And fans would often jump off and on the Powell bandwagon. But once Powell was gone. I think people really began to understand just how much he brought to the team, but also just how great of a player he really was. I think that there started to grow more of an appreciation of just 
everything he brought to the table. And then, you know, when you combined the onus that he's put upon himself to really be, you know, that that link to Kobe's memory, like, the, you know, that that living link to everything he represented on the court, you combine it all together. I think Powell really recognizes now just how appreciated he is and how loved he is and how how great everybody recognizes that he is. And I think that helps. Um, so yeah, Lakers just this night could not have gone like there have been a few too many of these, you know, the the record breaking game. Uh, yeah, other, they won other... on a milestone night. This is right. a, they, we just, buried the lead here. <laughs> yeah, the, there have been too many nights where like the 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 attraction, <laughs> sort of the distraction, um, as opposed to the game itself. The Lakers score a huge win on a night where they honor uh, a franchise great. Um, we are so excited. I, I, we don't, we don't know who he is. This Fagan, this Harrison Fagan. Um, His but... name is Fagan. <laughs> Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you can go to see the show. <laughs> He's flicking the lights on and off in the background. Oh, uh, he just left. <laughs> join the uh, community of over thirteen thousand Lakers fans, uh, and we will be back uh, for Thursday, and we will see you then.